0: Hi everyone. It's Mrs. is er again. Um, hopefully if you're getting on this, you've listened to my first two recordings of the weighing doodle. So you're not caught out of surprise. Um, just a refresher in the last chapter. Remember they were, they made it through the forest of the tree squeaks. I got to say, I can really get a movie in my mind of the hiccuping and the fear on their faces. And at some point it was pretty funny. Um, a little bit nerve wracking, but pretty funny at that time. Um, Hopefully, um, you've made a comment in terms of a little prediction, and you're thinking about what might happen next. I'm thinking that Ben, Lindy, uh, Tom, and the professor need to listen to that wiffle bird a little bit more. So we are on chapter two in part three of the book, Conquest. It was a warm, sultry morning. The pink road wound through the desert-like country, and quite suddenly, in the middle of nowhere, it divided. One way went northwest, and the other northeast. Signposts at the junction pointed both ways, and each sign read, to the palace. Here's a dilemma, said the professor. Which way shall we go? Watch your step, squawked the wiffle bird. The professor looked at her closely. You couldn't possibly explain that remark, could you? He asked. She remained silent. There's only one thing to do, the professor declared. We must take a gamble. Come along. They took the road heading northwest. Having traveled for some time, they turned a corner. And there, sitting in the middle of a road, was a creature. He was staring at his very tiny toes and singing a sad, mournful song. He had a small head and a large body. In fact, he was completely pear-shaped. He was the color of early morning mist and had two soulful brown eyes with extremely long, silky eyelashes and a top knot of hair that stuck out of his head, like the bristles of a scrubbing brush. Gotta pause, readers. This is quite a picture. So hopefully you're getting an image. You could pause me right now and grab a piece of paper and sketch what you think this creature looks like. He kind of seems kind of silly it looks like a pear with like this big bristle of hair sticking out with little tiny toes i'm getting this huge image okay the professor pulled the children to a halt the creature obviously had not seen them for he continued to sing and stare at the ground oh woe woe is me i'm fat and my toes are so tiny Hi, diddly dum de din I wish I knew what place I'm in. Oh, alas, alack, hooray, I'm here tomorrow, gone today. The professor cleared his throat throat and tapped the whatever it was on the shoulder. The creature looked up quite unsurprised and stared for a long time. Then he simply said, oh, hello, good morning said the professor brightly. We were wondering if you could give us some help. Help? Oh, yes, it would be nice, the creature replied absently. My name is Savant. May I know yours? No, my what? Your name. Ah, yes, I have a name somewhere. He looked around vaguely. I think I'm a Grick, or is it a Dunk? I'm sure I'm somebody. It's on a piece of paper. I don't know where I put it. Would it be that paper in your hand? What hand? The creature looked startled. Oh, yes, here we are. He peered at a piece of folded parchment, which he had been clutching. Yes, this is definitely what I am. I'm an oink. The professor was excited. I thought you probably were, but I wasn't sure. It's a great pleasure to meet you. It is, said the creature. I've never met me, so I wouldn't know. Could you tell me if this is the correct way to the palace? What palace? That one up there, the professor pointed. Gracious, what's that? The oink peered at the mountain. I don't see very much, you know, only my toes. He looked back at the ground and began singing again. If I had eleven toes, I would use one for a nose, which I haven't got because it's much too hot. Readers, I got to say, I'm kind of starting to laugh a little bit. You might be laughing at home as well a little bit. He seems um, very silly, this oink. He looked at the professor and said, it is too hot for a nose, isn't it? Well, it certainly is warm, agreed the professor. Yes, indeed. The oink rolled his eyes up to the sky and rolled slowly backwards and forwards. No doubt about it. A nose would be miserable in this heat the children burst out laughing. The professor decided to try again. Is this the road to the palace? The oink jumped. You startled me. Who are you? The professor sighed. I'm just trying to find out if this road leads anywhere. Ah, well, I'll tell you nothing for something, said the oink solemnly. If you follow this road long enough, you're definitely going to get somewhere. You haven't seen an oink by any chance, have you? The professor grinned. Funny you should ask. I was just talking to one. Were you? The oink seemed very impressed. I haven't been in touch since I left the wang doodle. When did you last see the wang doodle? Oh, perhaps it was yesterday. Which direction did you come from? I came from where I was, said the oink. Did you take this road? Or the other road back there, pressed the professor. Oh, yes, definitely, nodded the oink, and he began to sing again. It's left or right to any place, depending on the way you face. And when you're left and looking round, then right seems much the better ground. But just when right is paradise, the left appears to be just as nice. That fellow isn't as absent-minded as he makes himself out to be, The professor confided to the children, "He can't remember anything. Yet he suddenly spoke of the Wang Doodle. I'm sure that last song was meant to confuse us. I'll bet the proc sent 'em." Said Ben, "My guess exactly. Come on." The professor led the way around the Oink, who continued singing to himself, apparently oblivious of everything but his toes. However, after they had gone a short distance, the professor and the children turned for a last look, and the Oink was nowhere in sight. "Ha!" said the professor. I thought as much. He's probably gone straight to the proc. Oh, dear, Lindy, suddenly felt anxious. Don't worry, Lindy. Look how content the whifflebird is. I'm sure we're doing the right thing. Could I take off my scrappy cap? She asked. I'm feeling awfully hot. I should say not, the professor replied. You must all keep your hats on. I told you how important they are. Then he cried excitedly. Well, look at that. No wonder you're feeling hot. The pink road ahead wound its way among a number of steaming, bubbly, bubbling pools. Surrounded by the white desert, they heaved and swirled like cream in a mixer, making the most wonderful, bubbly, squelchy sounds. Suddenly, one of the pools began to rise like a cake in an oven, swelling and expanding and finally exploding in a shower of white foam. Another pool exploded, and then another. We must be in a kind of geyser basin, declared the professor. What's a... Geyser? asked Lindy. Just what you see, a series of fountain-like jets coming from boiling water underground that has turned to steam. Lindy moved around to the far side of a pool just as a plume of water rose into the air. (gasps) Oh, Professor! she cried. I can see you through the water. You look all wavy. Can you see me? I can indeed. The Professor peered at her through the fountain. It's like looking through the mirrors at a funhouse, isn't it? Ben and Tom watched walked down the road. The wiffle bird gave a squawk and flapped around the professor's head. Watch it, she called. She flew to the top of the fountain and balanced on the crest, tumbling over and over on it, looking like a multicolored spinning ball. I'm watching, my friend, the professor called out to her. And very pretty you look, too. The boys were a considerable way down the road. Ben said, look, there's another signpost. Let's see what it says. The sign read, to the stump. I've heard of that, said Tom. Well, yes, of course, cried Ben excitedly. Don't you remember the first signpost we ever saw back in the Blandlands? The professor said that we would have to pass the stump. Now, this really proves we're on the right road. (gasps) That must be it over there. Tom pointed to a large rock shaped like an anvil with a flat, smooth top. Beyond it was a grove of stringy looking trees, ash gray and without foliage, standing like ghostly sentinels guarding the foothills. Ben said, let's run and tell the professor. No, wait. There was a quality in Tom's voice that Ben had seldom heard. He followed his brother's gaze. His mouth fell open and his legs felt as though they were turning to jelly. Standing a little way up from the stump, glittering and gleaming in the sunlight, were two of the most beautiful mini motorcycles the boys had ever seen. They had thick, deeply grooved tires, and bold, upswept handlebars. The powerful engines were slung beneath a backbone of gleaming silver tubing, and the jet black gas tanks had orange and red and acid pink flames painted on them. A large sign near the bikes proclaimed, try the Gazook 200, world's most powerful mini-cycle. No better way to get around to where you're going. Free rides for all. Ben forgot all about being the oldest and the fact that he ought to be responsible and set a good example for the other children. Come on, he said enthusiastically. The professor who had been hurrying to catch up with the boys saw them running towards the motorcycles. It took only seconds for him to grasp the situation. No, boys, no, he yelled at the top of his voice. But one of the geysers erupted behind him and his warning was drowned by the noise. I'm going to stop there and I know you're all going, what? What? I'm going to leave you at that little bit of a cliffhanger in the middle of the chapter. I am desperate to hear your predictions. So on the commenting in our Google Classroom, take a moment. What's your prediction? How? What's going to happen? Like, don't just say, I think this will happen. Why do you think this will happen? Ben and Tom are running towards these motorcycles to get on them to go for a free ride. Make a prediction what will happen. And keep your eyes out. I will finish reading this chapter. It's a really long one. That's why I chose to break it up too. I will finish reading it a little bit later. Goodbye, guys.